Welcome to Parent Talk Podcasts, where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks on making parenting a breeze. Well, at least a little easier. Now here is your host, Genevieve Kyle, and co-host, Heather Fox. Welcome to Season 4 of Parent Talk, where we strive to parent authentically and continue to grow alongside our children. Hi everyone, I'm your host, Genevieve Kyle, mom of two. We are broadcasting out of the greater Vancouver area and are proud to provide the most up-to-date expert information for today's parent. Our goal is to inspire you to become a more confident, peaceful, connected, and authentic parent. I'm of course with my co-host, Heather Fox. Hi, Heather. Hi everyone, yes, Heather Fox here, co-host of Parent Talk and also a mom of two. We all know that parenting is a journey and one that shouldn't be taken alone. Being the best parent we can be means listening, learning, and sometimes asking for help. Our community will bring you strength and support along the way from pregnancy to puberty and beyond. Hi, my name is Candace Tazard. I'm a doula, a birth photographer, and a sleep educator, and I have three children ages 10, 8, and 6. All right, Candice. Uh, well, let's dive into it right now. Why did you become a sleep educator? Um, when I first had my daughter, it, I had this idea that, you know, baby slept through the night and everything was going to be great. I'd put her down in her crib and that would be that. It would be great. Um, but I was awoken a lot. And um, I was sleepless, moody, and unhappy. When my daughter was three weeks old, I learned how to breastfeed side-lying and started bringing her into my bed with me. Um, the quality of sleep I had increased, and I felt more rested and able to care for myself and my daughter. When I moved her out of my room at 10 months old, I decided that I was going to try the cry-it-out method. Um, I chose Ferber's method because uh, it was gentler. And I remember sitting outside of my daughter's room crying while my girlfriend kept me out. <laughs> um, that was the one time I did it. After that, I went out and bought the Elizabeth, or bought Elizabeth Pantley's um, book, The No Cry Sleep Solution, and modified it to fit my needs and my daughter's needs. Um, I slowly began to transition my daughter out of my room and into her own room. I didn't feel any anxiety or lose any sleep. I wanted families to, I want families to know um, there's a different method out there. It's not for everyone, my method, and same as crying it out is not for everyone out there. So there are alternatives. Um, when the opportunity arose for me to take a course that was based on physiological sleep, I took it. Um, and now I want to teach families how to have the same kind of quality sleep that I was able to get. Awesome. So tell us, why baby wake up so often? Um, babies, they need to be parented to sleep. First, if I can start there. Um, we, we think of our sleep routines. We have a shower, we brush our teeth, we read a book, we have tea, we might watch some TV, and then we slowly start to get ready for bed. Babies need the same kind of um, routines and getting ready for her bed as well. So they need to know that sleep is coming. Um, so dim the lights, turn off the TV, turn off the radio, um, close the blinds, you know, take down the, 
the volume of the house a little bit, as well as, you know, their bedtime routines. Bathe their baby, um, brush their teeth or wipe their mouth, whatever it is that you need. Um, We all know our babies best, so we do know, you know, what wakes them up and what gets them nice and sleepy. Um, Babies are hardwired to wake up. It is what keeps them alive and alerts parents that um, something may be wrong or that baby needs something, anything. In Japan, we actually find that it has the lowest rates of SIDS death um, because mothers are often co-sleeping with their babies. Now, co-sleeping means um, sleeping either in close proximity or within the same bed as baby. So when I say co-sleeping, I'm not always speaking about co-bedding, right? I'm talking about more room sharing, okay? Yeah. Um, So maybe our babies will wake up quite often, and it could be for any reason. Maybe they're hungry, hot, cold, annoyed by a tag, had a dream. Who knows? The only thing they can do to tell us is by crying, right? That's the only only voice they have. So we have to play super sleuth and find out. Um, Adults wake up for many of the same reasons. We have to go to the washroom, we're uncomfortable, we need to move, we're too hot, we're too cold. But oftentimes when we wake up, we don't remember because we don't come, we don't wake up fully, right? Um, Babies have two sleep cycles, um, the REM cycle and deep sleep cycle. Um, Newborns spend 50% of their time in REM. This is where they grow, learn, and develop. So it may look like crying, arms moving, heads moving, eyes fluttering, Um, shifting positions as well. They're easier aroused in REM. So when babies are in REM cycle and they cry out, just listen for a few minutes before grabbing your baby to see, okay, is this, is this my baby just kind of talking in their sleep or is this my baby actually needing me at this moment? Mm -hmm. Um, A baby's cry will tell you that I need you right now. I need something, right? Um, So REM cycle, we want to encourage REM cycle because REM is where they learn, grow, and develop. Uh, Dr. Sears says REM cycle grows babies. Um, Their deep sleep cycle is about 20 to 30 minutes long, and their cycle's about um, 45 minutes long in total. So they just kind of keep circling out of REM and deep sleep. And we don't want to encourage longer deep sleep just because this is... The REM cycle is where babies need to be. Um, Adults spend about 30 minutes of their sleep in REM and 30 to 60 minutes in deep sleep cycling, 60 to 90 minutes. Um, Babies will slowly develop to mimic adult sleep. So we call this um, sleep consolidation. So when babies are born at their age, they sleep a lot. And as they grow older, we may start with three naps and bedtime. And then slowly they will begin to move closer to each other. So they might drop a nap and sleep a little bit longer and then drop another nap. And then eventually there's going to be no naps. This is called sleep consolidation. So eventually they will drop naps and start to sleep longer at night. So to compare with adult, just so we have our auditors, our listeners, like understand, can you tell us a little bit, uh, Heather, what's, what's the, an adult sleep cycle? 
Right. So here, um, looking online, Mm -hmm. (laughs) a little description here. Um, So REM sleep is important because it is a restorative part of our sleep cycle. Typically, you begin the sleep cycle with a period of non-REM sleep, followed by a very short period of REM sleep. The period of non-REM sleep is made up of uh, stages one to four. Each stage can last five to 15 minutes. Usually REM sleep happens 90 minutes after you fall asleep. The first period of REM sleep typically lasts 10 minutes. Each of your later REM stages gets longer and the final one may last up to an hour. Your heart rate and breathing quickens and you can have intense dreams during REM sleep since your brain is more active. Interesting. All right. What about older children? Um, Older children also need to be parented um, at night. As younger babies age, they start to, as I said, they start to consolidate their sleep. Um, Which is, age are we talking about right now? About? Zero to five okay. is really the age where it is very, very normal for children to wake up. Um, children don't start mimicking adult sleep patterns, so what Heather just read, until they're about five years old. Okay. Yeah. I think it's important to know because then you can understand what's happening. So when your three-year-old is waking up at night, that's totally normal. Yeah, they just need, they they need support parenting back to sleep, right? For us, we just know how to relax. For kids, they don't always know how to relax. So just being there to support them going back to sleep in whatever way it looks is... It's how it is. One thing I know for sure is because we talk about how babies can read our energy. And for instance... One thing that I'm coaching my husband in, because when I go into the bedroom, I am very relaxed and I'm very calm and that helps Hudson get to sleep again much easier, where when he goes into the room, he's got kind of a frustration about him. He feels kind of more high anxiety because he doesn't feel confident in what he's doing. Um, So then, of course, Hudson does not go down as easy. So definitely just being nice and calm yourself helps them also to calm back down into that sleep as well. So calm your own energy, yeah, your own space. Create a space for sleep, right? Yeah. We, like Kinda was talking about routine. And we do the same thing, right? Like you were saying, we read a book or we sit down or like sometimes I'm a little bit guilty of looking over my phone and then actually puts me right to sleep. <laughs> oh, I, I'll be talking about phones later. No. But um, yeah, like Heather said, energy is very, very important. We don't want to stimulate our children in any way at bedtime because we want them to know that now is the time for sleeping. So when we do enter the room, our energy should be calm, quiet, very dim light. We'll talk about light later, but mm-hmm. very dim lighted. And um it was the opposite in my family. I, <laughs> my husband would always be able to put my kids to sleep, and I could never could. Oh, <laughs> I now know why. <laughs> because of his space, right? Yeah, his, his, his calmness is different, his and energy. I'm loud and flamboyant. Oh yeah, I have another girlfriend, and same thing. Her husband was. She's like, he's like the sleep whisperer. He just always gets the girls to sleep. And she herself, again, she was more anxious about it and more nervous. And yeah, so he just had a calming energy. So yeah, yeah. I think this has a lot to do with Definitely. it. My husband actually gets, if, if Alex wakes up in the middle of the night, Alistair gets a little bit more like, uh, not nervous, but I think he's more agitated about it than yeah. me. Yeah. And, and I just go back, I give him the soother or if he's hungry, feed, go back to bed. I don't talk. I don't do eye contact. Nothing. This is sleep time. It's not play time. And, and usually it's the transition 
when I go in, I think it's a little bit better than yeah. my husband. You would hate me for saying this, but <laughs> I think we all have our strong Yes, we all have. Right? <laughs> well, last night, for instance, um, Hudson woke up and I was just falling asleep myself. And I'm like, honey, you can do it. You can do it. He's like, but that's why we love you. You do it so well. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, Candice. So why should we sleep close to our baby? Oh, this is my favorite part of yeah, oh, why. Um, so when a family sleeps close to their baby, uh, either in the same room or in the same bed, the mother's body acts as like a pacemaker. Um, it regulates baby's breathing. So are the carbon monoxide that we breathe out triggers babies to breathe. Um it regulates blood sugars, uh, and it regulates the body temperature. So this is, yeah, it's so cool. So when babies are cold at night, uh, we will sense it in our sleep with our lips, right, or our hand. If baby's in bed with you, your breasts will warm up to heat baby up. If baby is too hot and baby's in, breast, in bed with you, your breasts will cool down to cool baby down during the night, right? Um, <laughs> if your baby's beside you, oftentimes we'll have our hand in baby's bassinet, um, and this will also act as kind of a regulator. So if we feel that baby is a little bit too hot or too cold, we may take off blankets, we may put on blankets. Again, with the baby in the same proximity as you, um, we our breath works to regulate baby's breathing. That's so interesting. I, in my family, we have two babies that die of SIDS. So yeah, so it's it's um, it it's it was quite something. And this is years ago, right? But because of this, when Alex was born, it was either me or my husband that was going to have to sleep next to him, and I could not for the life of me sleep next to him. I, I could not sleep one minute because the newborn makes so much noises. They mm. make those smacking lips and, you know, all these little things, right? Hudson was very quiet, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> I could not... And, and, and he would do one little thing and I actually would have to put my head up like with my... Like it when I was pregnant with 15 pillows so I could just have to open my eyes and not have to get up all the way to find out that it was still okay. But I... I was not sleeping properly, so that did not work with me. So my husband, which I don't know, maybe he's got a better deep sleep than me, or I'm not sure, but uh, he could he slept with Alex for the first three months, and we had to sleep like in different rooms for the first three months because I had no sleep whatsoever. Women are hardwired to hear their babies. We're hardwired to wake up with their babies and demand or to know their needs. If a baby is sleeping closer in proximity to you, you're going to get more sleep than if baby is sleeping in another room because you're going to wake up to check on them. So they're going to squeak and they're going to move around and they're going to make these funny noises and we're going to hear it. And then they're not going to squeak and move around and make funny noises and then we're not going to hear it. And we're going to continue to wake up for both of those. So you, you, as a new mom, we're kind of screwed and it's just the way our body, you know, that's how we work. As for us, for us, I had to let let it go a little bit and had my husband sleep with the baby for the first three months, and then after that, like we actually transferred the baby to this bassinet, and we would check on him, but we could never sleep in the same room. But I can understand how, like, it would be probably better. 
for the babies and some moms, right? To bring some more like, calm space. But it was really difficult for us. Yeah, yeah. It, and and every baby is quite, quite different and unique. And every family situation is quite different and unique. And the best way that we can go about you know, parenting our babies to sleep and supporting our baby's sleep is to do what is best for us as a family unit, right? Mm-hmm. So if that means your husband is is next to baby or sleeping close to baby, so you can get some sleep, that's better, yeah. right? And then some babies won't even have you anywhere near them while they're sleeping. So sometimes it's the babies that sometimes are not sleeping well. Yeah, with because you. Yeah. parents are too close. Yeah. yeah, I can understand that. <laughs> and then for myself, I was complete opposite. I had Hudson. I never planned to like bed share with him ever. And then for the first two months, that's basically all we did. Yeah. I was like, you know, it's one of those things. Where like, I'm never going to do this. But, you know, you do what you have to do. You do what's right for your family. And that became right for us. And so Bruce, unfortunately, was not in the bed for two months, poor guy. Um, but it was Hudson and I's bed. And then eventually I was able to transfer him to his bassinet where that became really successful until he was about six and a half months. Most families don't plan on bed sharing, but when we pull studies, we found that 78% of families will at some point sleep with their babies. And this is where the need for sleep education came out. Um, because, um, that sleep often looks like falling asleep in a chair or falling asleep on a couch. And we don't want that because of suffocation risks, right? If a parent is going to have a baby in their bed, we want to be able to teach parents how best and safest to sleep with their baby. That takes us to our next question. How do I safely sleep with my baby or have them sleep in their cribs? Mm-hmm. Okay, so first of all, babies should always sleep on their back. They should not sleep on their tummies or wedged onto their sides. If babies turn to sleep on their tummies or on their side, that is okay because they are doing it themselves. Um, they should be dressed weather appropriate, not too hot and not too cold. Uh, a light sleeper and thin blanket in the winter or a onesie in the summer. Now, you mentioned blanket, where I always heard never put a blanket in the crib. A light blanket. Oh, so like a receiving blanket? Like a receiving blanket, maybe something a little heavier if you want. Right, but, but there's I also sleep sacks as an option. Yeah, correct? sleep sacks are a good option as well. Um, but I would say like no heavier than that. Um, but by a blanket, um, people put nice fluffy, down, cuddly blankets. Like think of what blankets are on your bed. Don't do it. Right. Don't do it. Not yeah. at all. Blankets. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Alex always slept in a sleep sack or during the summer when it was really hot, uh, he had just his light PJ on. That's it. So that's okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So safety in a crib or bassinet, um, make sure there are no strings. So no bumper pads with strings, no bumper pads, um, or things that tie to the bed, watch for no blind cords or electrical cords. So babies should not have anything really close to them. Yeah. Um, Avoid using bumper pads or those sleep stations. Um, Right now, there's uh, in the media, there's um, a talk about the docatots, and those have been posed as suffocation risks because if baby does roll to its side and can't roll back, um, it can get kind of wedged. Well, yeah, they look like a giant bumper pad. Like <laughs> they do, they do. 
And so it's kind of weird. I'm like, everybody talks about how great they are, but then I'm so like, maybe they're just good until the baby, baby turns. But then the problem: what happens if the baby turns the first time into it? The DACA tots are it's on their website. They are not recommended for sleeping baby. They are recommended for putting baby down in a safe space while baby is awake. But they are not recommended for sleeping or napping babies. Same with car seats. Car seats are not recommended for sleeping babies because with car seats, when we're sitting up at an angle, um, our chins can get tucked into our chests and that can block the airway. So it's not, I mean, if baby falls asleep in a car seat, don't bother waking them up, but don't but monitor them and watch them. Yeah, yeah. Monitor and watch them and don't put them down for naps in the car seat. Mm-hmm. I think we uh, heard overheard too over the media that people, babies got used to sleep in a car seat, I guess, because they like the, the, the car, like um, movement humming or whatever. And then they would take the habit of putting the baby in the car seat, in the house, letting the baby sleep. And then baby, one of the baby died. I think it was in back east somewhere. I, heard, I overheard about that last year. And I think that was really sad. That is really sad. I didn't hear about that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so to continue for a crib or bassinet, no toys, no stuffies. Um, people are liking those soother things now. Um, those are not always recommended either. Um, so we don't want anything that can wrap around a, a finger or a part. So when you say the soother, are you talking about... The one like has the stuffed toy attached. The stuffed toy, like, what is the name of those? Those no, knock, knock. Wabanub. Wabanub. So the, the Wabanub are good for today, but it may be not enough. Same with the soother clips. You want to, oh, yeah. sorry, the soother clips. You want to keep those soother clips really short. So right, if baby something. is going to spit out its soother, let it spit out its soother. We don't want to hold the yeah, soother in soother there. Soother clips are great for when you're going for a walk, but yeah, not for the... Not or for yeah, when, yeah. You, when you're close to being able to monitor your baby. Um, no heavy blankets, no pillows, no decor. Um, the baby's mattress should be firm with fitted sheets. It's very, very plain looking. Um if you want to look for it, you can look up like the Montessori um, nurseries. Um, so then we want to keep the temperature of the room normal, not overheated or underheated. Um, and then you can dress, again, dress baby for weather. I noticed on the on my mattress for my crib, there was two sides, right? And I guess there was the infant side and the toddler side. And I think that's for that reason, right? The Once one side firm. is harder than... Yeah. It's firmer yeah. than the, the other side. The side is a little softer. Yeah, we don't want we don't want pillow tops or to put like squishy things down because we want babies to be able to move around and not get stuck. So when co bedding, um, that means sleeping with your baby or it, yeah, with your baby in the same bed. The Leche League has a great picture of how to do it. Um, they also have a song attached to it that goes with Row, Row, Row Your Boat. I'm going to spare you my singing. <laughs> really? I'm sparing it. You can All find right. it online, okay. but I'm not doing it. Okay. Um, Dr. Sears has the baby bees. So co-bedding, sorry. You, the parent, needs to be a non-smoker, not on any other medication, and sober, and are breastfeeding. Baby is healthy, on its back, and lightly dressed and unswaddled. You share a safe sleep surface. So safe sleep surface. These are beds with medium to firm mattresses. 
Um, these can be close to the floor. Some families put it on the floor or close to the ground, whatever way you need I mean, it. if we have a little bassinet next to us, that's okay, right? That's mm-hmm. what you're meaning, right? Yeah, or, no, right now I'm talking about co-bedding. 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 Okay, yeah. what that looks I'll cut that like. part yeah, out. So baby in, a baby in the bed. Okay. okay. So safe sleep surfaces are beds with medium to firm mattresses. This can be close to the floor or on the ground. Some families move their mattresses on the ground. So like me, I have my like super big top quilt, foamy, fluffy things. Not Don't very good. Don't use no, that okay. one. No. <laughs> I never slept with Alex. Yeah, for instance, our bed is a firm mattress. And so we don't have any pillow top or anything like that. So yeah, that was yeah. okay when I had him on his yeah. back when he slept with me. <laughs> yeah. Um, keeping the bed like firmly placed against the wall or um, nice and tight against the headboard. Um, if baby's in bed with you, and I can rec- I recommend getting one of those mesh gates that you can easily slide under the mattress to prevent falls. Use a fitted sheet, covers that are light. So you can have a you can have your big down cover on mm-hmm. the bed, but you're only going to cover yourself to your waist with it, and maybe a second sheet that you can bring up higher if needed, um, as well to cover baby. Um, ensure that there are no deep cracks between the head and the mattress. Only the pillow you and your partner will have um, to be using are on the bed. No decorative pillows. No unnecessary extras. And only one pillow each. That's what you're saying. Just the well. If you use two, you use two. Right? Okay. Um, we no extra, know, not needed. Yeah, no extra unneeded. You know, like I. I use one pillow, but sometimes I bring another one in to cuddle with. That may have been the fault of sleeping with my children. (laughs) I'm now a cuddler of my pillow. Okay. (laughs) Um, Address warmly. So what I did when I had my babies is I would put on a tank top and then I would put on like a flannel pajama shirt right? I cover myself up to the waist with my nice warm blankies. And then I'd bring like the fitted sheet up a little higher up around, like on my back, my breasts would be exposed and baby would be exposed and uncovered. You can put a sheet or blanket over the top of the baby till about their waist. Um, Sleep order should be partner, mother, baby, right? Um, partners don't often have the same instincts mothers do. Not always. My partner would wake up very easily. Um, he had more instincts than I did, although I wasn't instinctually cued that anything was wrong and he was instinctually worried all the time. My husband is waking up like sometime more than I am. Uh, yeah. Yeah. My oh, yeah. husband doesn't wake up for anything. <laughs> He's one of those. <laughs> I think my husband was worried that I'd roll on top of the baby. <laughs> So he slept we're like talk. worrying yeah, about he, that. He slept worrying and I slept soundly because there was nothing wrong instinctually. <laughs> I'll talk about that in a second. All right. Um, yeah. So partner, mother, baby. As mothers, we create a protective curl around our baby. It's called a color cuddle curl. And if you can kind of picture it this way, one arm is going to go up around your head and around baby. Okay. okay. So yep. it would sli- mine slid under my pillow and around Like baby. when you do the elephant. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And you're lying sleep, on your side. I, yeah, you lie on your side. The other arm is going to go around baby, 
right? It's not going to go on baby, but it goes around baby. So you've got like this kind of bassinet circle with your arms. With your two arms, yeah. Yeah. And then one of your knees is going to come up to a 90 degree angle towards your chest. Okay. Okay, so now you have like close to the fetal position, but not exactly with one leg. Yeah, 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 one one leg leg fetal position. Yes, and we call this the cuddle curl. Now I like to call it a protective barrier that cannot be infiltrated. Okay, you may nobody can go into this barrier, and you who slept with Hudson may be able to speak to it. But a blanket gets in there; it's like alarm bells go off, right? Partner comes and puts his hand over, you quickly throw partner's hand out. Like this is the cuddle curl. And within that curl, you are consistently monitoring your baby while you're sleeping. And here's the cool part is that when your breasts feed your baby and your breasts are available to them, right? Baby will roll over on its side, nurse, fill up and roll back. And there were many times that I personally didn't wake up and, um, my one breast would be full or completely empty. My other breast would be completely engorged. And my daughter would be soaking wet because <laughs> I didn't feed on the other side. It took me three <laughs> children to figure out how to flip my body in my sleep to feed them from both breasts while on the same side. So the baby doesn't change side, though. So the baby mm-hmm. chase on one side, you just kind of do a little... You just kind of do a little twist. I, it, yeah, it took me a long time to realize that. And then my body started to wake me up and or move. I never actually woke up. I physically don't remember some of the things that I did in my sleep with my baby. It's so nice. And you wake up the next day and... And you're like, oh, this is awesome. But they then you have themselves. to change everything. Yeah. <laughs> the cuddle curl is instinctual and natural and... Like we remain, we don't fall off the bed. We remain spatially aware of our our surroundings. We won't roll on baby because we are spatially aware of where our baby is and what they're doing. Um, After birth, we have heightened instincts. So you may notice that you wake up constantly, or if you don't wake up, you wake up wondering why you didn't wake up, right? This is so that you're tuned to your baby's needs and you are always constantly monitoring their baby in their sleep. You will wake no matter how deep of a sleeper you are, provided you're not on any sleeping medications, right? I think that's very important, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or like one drink too many, not a good time to... uh... Yeah, don't be on anything to drink. And it's also very important that you're not a smoker. So make sure that... And if you are, make sure that you're not smoking before you... Get into bed with baby. So change your clothes, brush your teeth, wash your hands, do what you need to do to make sure that the the smoke smell isn't with you when you go into bed with baby. That's so important. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, just speaking of somebody, like I have asthma and people don't think that just like, oh, I'm not smoking around you, but it can be on their clothes. I've actually had an asthma attack from being next to somebody and smelling it from their sweater. So that's, I mean, and that's an, I'm an adult. So imagine how sensitive a baby would be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Candice, do you have any tips or recommendation for soothing and getting a baby to sleep? Yes. Um, I would allow for as ma- much natural light exposure to the, in the day to, in your baby's environment. Um, light bulbs, TV, computers, screens, phones, digital clocks are all blue light. Um, blue light is synthetic or synthetic light, um, works to raise our serotonin levels and, um, the, and serotonin levels are awake inducing hormone, right? So, um, 
At night, or as night falls, serotonin levels fall and melatonin, the sleep-inducing hormone, rises. Okay? So it's a natural balance. Um, Historically, um, we, before the invention of light, we would work on sunlight, right? So as the sun went down, we got sleepier. We'd go to sleep, and then typically we would have what we call a first waking, where we would wake in the middle of the night. Um, this is where artists did a lot of their work. Families were created. Um, but then we'd fall back asleep easily. Babies are still hardwired to wake during the night like that. Um, whereas we are starting to evolutionize or evolve, sorry, evolve to getting used to the synthetic light in our environment. So yeah, expose baby to as much natural light as possible. Um, at bedtime, shut down the lights, close the blinds, reduce the noise and other distractions, um, start talking softly and quieter, telling baby it's time to get ready for bed. Um, sleep time is not the time to gauge in a stimulating play. So at bedtime, we don't want to start rowling up our children with... That's what my husband always needs reminders about. Yeah. <laughs> Not mine. <laughs> mine yells at me all the time. Stop playing with the kids. <laughs> um, okay, so only you know your baby's attributes. For example, um, if what soothes and calms a baby can stimulate another baby. So for um, as a, an example to that, a bath. Um, sometimes baths can make babies nice and sleepy. Sometimes it can wake them up. Okay? Hudson is, like, that's exactly him. He doesn't soothe him. He loves it. He gets all excited, and then he wails when it's time to come out. <laughs> yeah. So this list yeah. is only an example, and I expect that parents will follow what they want or what their baby needs naturally. Okay? So draw, to draw the blinds, turn down the lights, read a book, have a bath, get dressed for bed, nurse, and calmly tell baby it's time to sleep. Lay next to your baby, nurse to sleep, and then slip out. In the parenting community, we call this oozing. Okay? <laughs> you slowly out. ooze out of the bed. <laughs> your puddle. When baby wakes, don't turn on lights or engage in conversation. Only do what is necessary, keeping baby nice and relaxed and sleepy. If you need a light on in the room, I recommend using a red light or a salt lamp. Um... The reason for this is red lights do not affect the serotonin or melatonin production in our bodies. Red lights mimic firelight. Um, you can have white noise machine turned on really low. A lot of people like to turn it up really high, but it doesn't need to be. It can be on really, really low, and this kind of mutes out any of the other sounds in the house or outside. Uh, avoid bis- missing baby's sleep cues. If you miss these, babies will become tired overtired or even unsettled, give baby a nap in a nice place, um, in their room, in the dark, quiet. If you are a busy family, like most families are, don't feel that you have to stay at home to nap your baby. Um, go out to what you can, but for as best, as much as possible, ensure that baby is napping in their own space. Um, and I loved reading Elizabeth Pantley's No Cry Sleep Solution. I did not agree to the not nursing baby to sleep because our hormones in our body provide a nice, relaxed, sleep-inducing um, sleep. 
So yes, please nurse to sleep. I liked to read the Leleche book, Sleep, Sleep, Sweet Sleep. It um, kind of gives you solutions at every age and stage, um, as well as the sleep book by Dr. Sears. Actually, anything by Dr. Sears is my recommendation. If you want to know it. Good to know. Yeah, read it. Or even if you go online and go to um, Ask Dr. Sears, um, it's a lovely website and then he has a lot of sleep-related questions for those on the fly. Also a lot of parenting-related questions too, or answers, not questions. He doesn't ask you anything. All right. Well, thank you, ladies, for taking the time to be here and helping us be the best parents we can be. If you have a question or you would like to join us on our show as a guest or as an expert, please visit the Contact Us section on our website at parenttalk.ca. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and now also on YouTube at Parent Talk TV. Of course, you can always subscribe directly to this podcast on our website at parenttalk.ca. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and invite you to share it on social media. As we all know, parenting can be hard. So remember, it's important to laugh, keep learning, cherish your village and be true to yourself. Thank you for joining us and have a great week. The views and or opinions of the host and their guests are not necessarily those of Parent Talk and should not be considered as fact. The information offered is believed to be accurate but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner.